0: Hi there. This is the final episode of our season covering the wind through the keyhole. Um, As is usually the custom, I want to tell you what's coming up next. Uh, We're going to be continuing the story of young Roland by picking up where we left off with the Dark Tower comics. So um, if you're looking on Comixology or Amazon, uh, the three things that we are talking about are the Sorcerer, the Fall of Gilead, and the Battle of Jericho Hill. Um, Additionally, after that, uh, we're going to be covering The Little Sisters of Alluria, the Dark Tower novella that is in the short story collection, um, Everything's Eventual. Um, After that, we're talking about the book Salem's Lot, and then The Regulators. And then we are on to The Wolves of the Cala. So that is uh, just kind of upcoming programming For those of you who are curious about that Uh, You can find all of those um, You know, wherever you want to get them Uh, If you want to help out the show by getting them You can go to duckfeed.tv Slash tip jar Use those Amazon links there Buy any of those in whatever format you want Electronic, um, physical, or audio And we get a small cut of whatever you buy Again, that is duckfeed.tv Slash tip jar Now let's talk about the end of this very fun book Welcome to Radio Free Midworld, a podcast about the Dark Tower series of books by Stephen King. My name is Cole Ross, and today I am joined by Chase Greenlee. Hello. And also by Evan Thorne. Hey, Evan. Hello. I'm back. Yeah, and we are all here to discuss the very end of The Wind Through the Keyhole. Uh, so excited the chapter (laughs) the chapter structure of this book has made it very difficult to title these this is the skin man part two and also storms over yeah so Uh, this
1: is this is the skin man's over
0: yes the 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 the, the skin the the skin the skin man's end (laughs) ew (laughs) The,
1: the skin man's overalls
0: yeah I mean, I'm like, oh. yeah, you know, what they're probably pretty funky working in them salt mines and stuff. Although that salt probably acts as a desiccant and actually probably keeps that mountain
1: fresh. Well, okay. you've thought about this way more than I have, Cole. No, I, I
0: I I literally just took that walk as we were getting there. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. I believe that. <laughs> I guess I guess what I'm saying is uh everybody should buy stock in my all-natural detergent that is mostly <laughs> salt and dust. Um So good for
2: deodorant and making animals (laughs) like you more. Yeah, you
0: just roll around in it like you're like like you're a chinchilla. Mm. Pool's all purpose alkali body scrub. (laughs)
2: Yep.
0: (laughs) Ouch. That's the tagline. Ouch. (laughs) Uh, So, 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 Chase, it's been a while since we had you on. Uh, it's definitely the first time for this, uh, for, 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 for for, for this season. Um, so I want to kind of get your, uh, get get your temperature on the book as a whole up to now. Uh, what made you (laughs) hop on here? And uh, how, how are you digging it?
2: I it took me a while to get through this just because uh, at my previous job um, during the bulk of the uh, reading of this, I was going through a busy season there. So I knew it was going to take me a little while to get through, even though this is a much shorter book compared to Wizard Wizarding Glass. Yes, um, which was a blessing. Uh, On that front, but I didn't really I mean, this is my first time going through the series. So like all the other ones, I didn't really know what I was getting into. And man, did I not know what I was getting into with this one? (laughs) Um, The structure of this book is probably the weirdest one we've had so far since the book one. Yes. Um, And it has been watching it unfold and then refold back in on itself was a really fun journey to go with it. Yeah, just get good going, going
0: from one level of narrative to the next, down uh-huh. and down, and then back up.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. Um, so since this is, you know, since you are following through with the series for the show, uh, towards the beginning of this season, we kind of speculated about kind of the notional person who is brand new to this, coming right from Wizard and Glass, which is very flashback heavy, to another book that is similarly flashback heavy. Uh-huh. Were you were you fatigued with the tale of young Roland by the end of this?
2: I was honestly more fatigued by the tale of young Tim because the concept of uh, this, you know, the creature that is the skin man was really weird and creepy. And man, does it pay off real good in this episode? (laughs) This is a this is a very good monster payoff and I'm about it.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. But it's really, really good. I was extremely excited about it. Um, I. I am kind of with you. Like, I I felt like the entire Tim section of the book, I, I, I could have done with a little bit less of that and a little bit more of uh, the skin, man.
2: Yeah. I I mean, 20%, 20% out of the Tim story, and it would have been perfect.
0: Yeah. yeah agreed. Yeah. 20%, 20% out of Tim and 20% more Wild West werewolf story. Yeah. Or,
2: or, or even, when or you put even that just way. keep it... Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: When you put it that way, a hundred percent less Tim and a hundred percent more <laughs> Wild West Werewolf story. But I like both so much. <laughs> yeah, I like both too, but mm. I would have been very fine if it was just Wild West Werewolf story. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> True. True. Well, that I feel felt like that would have been fatiguing coming hot on the edge. Like the, the different layers and the different stories that were going on definitely kept things a little bit fresher. Yeah. Um if it had been the other way around, I feel like it would have gotten uh if it was just flashback to to young Roland again, that would have been like all right, come on let's yeah. let's let's get to the next thing,
0: especially without the benefit of Elaine or kethbert right like mm-hmm. mean j Jamie you got Roland yeah. on top of Jamie just too mm-hmm. taciturn too, yeah, too, too could... taciturn MFers. not not great, too grumpy I, that. <laughs> <laughs> too... Yeah, grumpy I, I feel
1: man. like i feel like i feel like Jamie's almost a non like not not a non-entity, but like he's he's kind of a set-piece character. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> like it's, oh, Roland needs someone with him.
0: Okay. Well, here, here's an yeah. extra set of hands. One of them's red. That's why they're discounted. <laughs> like
1: <laughs> that's why it's interesting. <laughs> Ready, uh, set, go.
0: Uh, speaking of ready set go, let's let let's jump into this because I want to get to that monster real oh, bad. Yeah, we, we, we were we were talking off Mike, but it's like if you were reading this and you were thinking, hmm, it's fine, but where's the gore, King? I came here for gore. I know you like gore. We're gonna get it. It's very it good, is. very very mm-hmm. very lovingly described. Yeah, um, especially in the audio book when you, when you can hear the relish that Stephen King puts into it. <laughs> He's just kind of like, all right, yeah, we're like everybody is on board and all about this.
1: Um, See, the 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 tail end of uh the wind through the keyhole, the story part of the book, the wind through the keyhole, um, it's it's really pretty short. Like we we pretty much covered the important story beats last time. Like Tim's mom was very proud of him and tried to keep him from seeing, uh, the body of his stepdad because it was a dead body and she's his mom. And that's yeah probably a good thing to do. You're going to protect, your, uh, you're going to protect your kid. Yeah. I, I have a child who is too small to hold a gun. So I don't know how I would respond in, in that particular situation, right. but it seems fairly reasonable. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Uh, and then, you know, he, some gunslingers came through he was the only person in tree who would go with them. Uh, he carried bigger guns and did his shit mm-hmm. real well. Yeah. Uh, um,
0: he, he went on to be called Lefty Ross, which is a very funny name mm-hmm. um, because you know, he's left handed. Right. That was his dominant shooting. I, hand. I
1: imagine that's funnier for you than for either of us.
0: Um, I mean, maybe <laughs> if you call me Lefty Ross, I'd be very funny because I'm right handed. Not very funny. I <laughs> oh, would well. just
1: say kind of a strange decision for a nickname. Is uh, is your is is your brother left handed though? No. Oh well, never mind. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so there, there. As far as I know, there is no lefty Ross in my family.
1: Um, that's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> really? Or are, are we missing out? <laughs> yeah. No. You should probably start forcing yourself um, to use your left hand as your dominant hand going forward.
0: Yeah, that's true. We can't really field a, a, a decent baseball team with all
1: righties. Uh-huh. Yeah. No. Like, do it do it for the cast and do it for the uh the duckweed
2: expos. Okay.
0: Yeah. No, that that, that way I can uh, I I I can I can fend people off.
2: Yeah, yeah, I don't see any any problems with this whatsoever. No, none. no, none. For sure. none. Absolutely none. <laughs> Full proof plan.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'll 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 start uh, I'll start you like do, doing like what surgeons do and just on my left hand like roll a quarter around on my knuckles and stuff and eventually I'll be able to hypnotize people.
1: Yeah, and and really, if you if you want to commit, if you if you want to take it seriously, you should probably just like, you know, like pulverize your right hand <laughs> so that you definitely can't use it. Just just go no and get return.
0: some.
1: Right, go yeah. and get some unnecessary wrist surgery on my right arm. Yeah, no, go go big or go home. Yeah, actually, actually, what if you just got a whole bunch of tattoos all over your right hand? Okay, so then. Just so I could get dates? Well, so you could get dates, obviously, but also dual purpose so that your hand would hurt like a motherfucker and you'd have to start using your left. Okay. Mm. Hmm. Wouldn't that
0: wear off, though? Don't tattoos eventually stop hurting?
1: Eventually, but at the end of it- it'd be a period of time. At the end of it, you'd have some bitchin' full hand tattoos.
0: Oh, the full-on Yakuza tats.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yet yeah, you could you could get literally anything tattooed all over your right hand, including a whole bunch of tiny pictures of nothing but Stephen King's face, <laughs> <laughs> which I think everyone wants to see. Oh, of course, Stephen King's face—that is,
0: yeah. And then just, you uh... could
1: just look at it, look at a whole bunch of them over and over again all the time.
0: <laughs> well, you, when and, you when you move them, it's kind of like uh, the uh the mermaid tattoo and pete and pete it looks like he's, da- yeah, looks like he's dancing it's, yeah <laughs> it's like petunia. <laughs> exactly. like, like
2: petunia yeah what were we gonna say chase uh uh i was going a different direction i was thinking it was just a per- uh, uh completed infinite pattern of just stephen king's face ever so slightly overlapped with each other so you get kind of a hypnotic <laughs> pattern going Ooh, on yeah
1: <sighs> it's like a stephen king fractal yeah. Like a
2: magic guy.
1: And, and I walk oh.
2: and, and I walk around with just
0: with just one elbow length glove on that arm. And then mm-hmm. like yeah. I, I own Shh. I only uh glove I only take that off when I want to baffle somebody, when I when I want to steal their jewels. Yes. You know? Yes.
1: Chase Chase, I think we were onto something. I think that we have found the next Patreon stretch goal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just just okay let me just go and put this in there lefty ross okay there we go people will understand but yeah that, that's the that's the way that tim's story kind of wraps up you know he, he he does go on to become an honest to god gunslinger kind of with uh, the the notion that you don't have to be like one of the line of eld for that to happen you know like it, it it's not unheard of and kind of the way that they justify that is like arthur eld was out getting strange on the rag you know, and
1: yeah, that... it's that that was something that was interesting to me because they, uh, Roland specifically mentioned that he was one of the, um, the few gunslingers who was not from the proven line of Eld, but you know, who, who knows? Maybe, maybe he was anyway. But like, what does that say for Eddie and Susanna and Jake then? Like, does that say that they, on some degree, are descended from arthur eld or does it does it cheapen their journey or who they are or or is it is it a non-issue like it 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 was just kind of a strange beat for me yeah i think it's like
0: a new covenant kind of thing honestly because Mm -hmm. when Gilead when Gilead fell they uh you know the 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 the, that tradition went out the window maybe
1: yeah that makes sense world
0: move on what are you gonna do yeah Gotta, gotta gotta get gunslingers wherever you can
2: hmm
1: yeah uh but also
0: like oh i was descended from arthur ralph might also be like oh you 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 have dna from Genghis khan right mm-hmm. like it just yeah it, it happens you know or yeah. or charlemagne or whatever right? yeah but the reason we even had this story you know we heard about tim and got to this point where he was lefty ross was that roland was telling this you know was telling the wind through the keyhole the fable uh to this little boy bill streeter uh, kind of a, <laughs> keep him comfortable because Bill had just witnessed the death of his father um, to the hands of the skin man, the shapeshifter. And so this is all leading up to, you know, the aftermath of that and the discovery of the of, of the skin man himself. Bill, uh, or sorry, Roland's plan for Bill is to take him to Serenity, to take him to that uh, uh, brothel. Not brothel. What am I thinking of? That convent. <laughs> they call it a brothel. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's. It's very much not a brothel. Yeah, it's kind of as not- they, <laughs> as they kind of emphasize throughout the book. They do, yeah. I don't, maybe you know what it is. I think
0: it's because it's called it's called Serenity. I was literally thinking of Firefly.
2: Yep. Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. Also, we are about to go to a brothel here, like in a less than a chapter. Oh, yeah. Actually, in a couple of pages. So <laughs> yes, they have. It's a reasonable mistake to make. yeah that is a good point
0: they've got a lot of prostitutes running in circles but no no they're gonna take bill and you know see if the convent will take him in um you know so he doesn't basically get turned out onto the land like poor little tim was so afraid of doing right Uh so um it's now the next day and the lawmen have rounded up the salties (laughs) i just love the fact that they're called salties it is such a uh, uh like it, it is a natural nickname and that nicknames are sometimes just whatever the first thing you, you could you can think would you know, whatever you know, the first thing you could think of mhm yeah but yeah they 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 show up with 21 suspects from the salt mines um and they got all of them that could ride whether they admitted it or not remember the the circumstances of Bill's dad's death was the was the skin man rode up on a horse and then rode away on a horse right yeah um and and what and what we get here is this is this kind of like twenty one person well twenty one plus the twenty one and over uh parlor scene here in this uh in the in this bar called the busted luck
1: which i i love i i love roland's uh crowd control measures <laughs> in this scene <laughs> it is it is absolutely fantastic And, um, when I was reading it, um, I, I was, this is, this is one of those, those Stephen King scenes that is not in any way violent or disturbing, but still gets like a very visceral reaction. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, you know, they're, they've got all these people who know that they're suspected of being this horrible monster. Uh, and Roland kind of intuits that a lot of them are there voluntarily to try and put an end to this awful stuff that's going on. Right. And he also can tell that none of them fucking like him. They all think <laughs> he's a dick just based on who he is and where he's from. Right, And and also, um, like, how young
0: he is. Like, you've got this yeah. young upstart who's got yeah, a, bull- like,
1: a bullet for like, one of the 21 of them. Yeah, he's a he's a kid from the big city who has yeah. this insane authority over everything. Right. Uh, and so in r- rather than throwing his weight around, he says, uh, I'm gonna buy everybody a drink. Yeah. I know it motivates you. Yeah. <laughs> and he does. He, he buys everybody two drinks at the bar and that serves to kind of make them more inclined to cooperate and also to kind of like loosen them up a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's like it's it's a very Roland moment where he's like understanding, um, he, he's he's kind of like understanding other people, but also using that understanding to his own ends.
0: Yeah. Well, the, sh- the the sheriffs they're like, this is not a good idea. Like, you have have you ever seen what happens when you get alcohol in one of these minors? They're not exactly like well mannered. Roland understands yeah. that, but he knows exactly how much cooperation he needs from them, which is a yeah. lot for a very short <laughs> amount of time.
1: Yeah, and it, it's 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 just like this this a very shrewd, very calculating, um, but but like an early draft of that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and it's it's really cool, and and that's that's one of those things where I I love Stephen King's uh, d- just kind of the way that he does long-term character development mm-hmm. and and it was really fun to kind of see him like go back over this very extensively developed character and 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 just kind of give him this scene where it's like oh here's here's an early version of <laughs> what he would become like extraordinarily proficient at later.
0: Yeah. Well, especially like later on and for the majority of the series we don't really get to see Roland um interacting with a lot of people like this he just never has that many opportunities to like manipulate people
1: on mass with his his gunslingerness (laughs) yeah like you know tall but i mean yeah (sighs) (laughs) he was using
0: the other side of being a gunslinger on that the (laughs) non-diplomatic side right yeah
2: (laughs) Uh he started off very diplomatic
0: oh yeah I mean, with what, uh, with 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 what they did over in uh in in Magus, right, In Ambry, like uh-huh. all, all of that was cloak and dagger, well, up until the very end. <laughs> um, but even then, you could say like, oh, he just convinced that huge group of people to run into the waiting maw of the Eldritch monstrosity. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's persuasion of a kind. Um, <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> well, you're gonna get a bunch of salties liquored up. <laughs> um meanwhile mm-hmm. uh one, one of the one of the deputies Vicca, um he succeeded in kind of leaking the information that billy saw the monster and that billy's going to be kind of brought out again right so he is getting all of these pieces in place and kind of setting up a very precarious powder keg and he really shouldn't be surprised at the way it turns out honestly
2: yeah, yeah. that was
1: the
0: only part that seemed off to me yeah what were we gonna say chase
2: oh just agreeing with you like there is there is one way that this is going to go, and it's gonna be whoever this guy is panicking at the last second, which is spoiler exactly what happens,
0: yeah, <laughs> and like you know the, like no matter how much they try and get the no matter how much they try and get the uh, you know circumstances lined up in their favor, the skin man with this terrible power that it has is always gonna kind of have the first mover advantage, right mhm, yeah, so. One of these, one of these posse, like again, brings this uh, little piece of world building. The reason we know that all these people can ride, even if they say, "I don't know nothing about no horses," um, is he kind of talks about these games that are run. Because, of course, it's a mining town, so they have a company store. They've got script, sixteen tons, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and uh, what they do is they have these they have these races every year, um, where you can get a year's worth of debt forgiven at the company store. And so anybody who you know, they basically grabbed everybody with this executioner's band on their on their ankle, tattooed on their ankle, who has ever ridden before. Um and Roland again be being probably eh, you know, like appropriately diplomatic but exercising restraint that I couldn't. Uh one of the guys says, Oh, isn't that a devilishly good plan? They never they never lose money on it, blah, blah, blah. Roland's like, you know, it's slavery, you know, right? Okay, <laughs> whatever. I'm going to let this be. Not the time, not
1: the place. Which is a very uh, Roland pragmatic sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now it's
0: time for the interrogation. Now we've got our uh, we've, we've we've got our parlor scene. So they've got <laughs> all these people, you know, sitting up on the uh, sitting up on the bar. They take off their boots. They don't really instantly cooperate, and some of them mutter something about the green light. And this is a very cool detail that is uh, fleshed out and is kind of the main clue that leads to, you know, the reader being able to understand who is going to turn before they actually do, right? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: (laughs) What do you guys think of this line? I I can smell the reek of their feet to this day. (laughs) <laughs> and also, just it caused all like this is, they, they've they've had this they've they've had this kind of assembly, this audience of of prostitutes, and they that they, they all leave immediately when the boots come off. <laughs> I don't know why I asked it, you guys to respond to that because it's such a it's just such a gag, but I don't know. Everybody's <laughs> got a line. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, you know. Um. But yes. So the 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 ankle reveal. Shows that ten of them have the have the tattoos. They have the the mark of the stockade around their around their ankle. Um and so they dismiss, you know, the, the, the they dismiss the others and say, hey, you can get your second shot or whatever. One of the one of the ones who's dismissed pulls Roland aside and kind of gives a little bit more of a detail. And reading this or listening to this more appropriately, I remembered why I put desperation right before this one. Because um it, <laughs> desperation is a tale of a mine that dug too deep and found something terrible and caused you know devastation for the town around it this is very similar um what do you guys think of the uh, of the green light with the bitter voice
2: chase um it is i love how technology in these books always runs the line between the most powerful and cool magic, and straight up Lovecraftian mythos, <laughs> and this absolutely just straddles that line so perfectly. It's like, yeah, I am. Apparently, I am. I am here for green lights and caves uh, because, super, <laughs> because what? Once that ca- uh that I read that line, it's like, oh, good. All right, all right. Let's 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 see what awful thing is going to happen because we. I'll just say we dug too deep and too greedily. <laughs> yep. How about you, Evan?
1: Yeah it's it's one of those things where it's like it's you know let's a MacGuffin like it's meaningless. It doesn't it it doesn't really call back to anything. It doesn't really foreshadow anything. It's just this like vague, vaguely sinister, vaguely magical, vaguely technological, vaguely anachronistic you know yeah angry green light oh if if, it
0: foreshadows something just not very far ahead
1: well yeah (laughs) it it, well but it's it's not like it's not a callback and it's not a call forward it's not something that like it's Mm -hmm. not it's not a reference to something that we see somewhere else where it's like oh it's totally that thing like no it's it's just like a fucking weird green light and i love it and it's so just like yeah Mm -hmm. yeah you know like um we we definitely were digging real deep in the ground and we found some shit we shouldn't have and then we fucked with it
2: and fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shouldn't have done that. Yeah, it's just it's just yeah, more, that was...
0: more North Central positronics and their crazy AIs doing <laughs> just basically being the equivalent of the of the demons, right? Like those rascals. And and in book one we had the speaking demon beneath the way station, right? And mm-hmm. that is quickly you know, quickly replaced or supplanted by by this, a different kind of demon, right?
1: Was the was the speaking demon uh, like a technological sort of thing?
0: No, not as far as I can tell. Okay, because it produces I, a like it it produces a, a, a jawbone out of nothing.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't think. Like, so. I guess
0: it could have three D printed it,
1: but <laughs> that's that that seems very forward thinking though, considering <laughs> when that book was written.
0: Yeah, I, I guess what I'm saying um, is it's 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 two two things from different places that ended up serving a very similar purpose.
1: Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with that. Um, I, I, I just – I really like this because it's like – I was I was half afraid that it was going to be a very obvious like – like some kind of like fan servicey bullshit. Yeah. And I love that it's just like a weird green light with like angry feelings coming out of it that most people were like, yeah, we shouldn't go there. And then one dude was like, I'm going to go there. And then <laughs> yeah. it was like <laughs> – like I loved it. I love it. It's it's perfect. It's very very Stephen King. It's definitely got like like some some decidedly Lovecraftian echoes which I'm always a fan of. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm I'm absolutely here for the last act of this book.
0: <laughs> I even love the way they put that. I forget the exact quote cuz I didn't write it down, but you know they say um you know they, they 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 tried to seal it in, right? But rocks that are placed can be removed. That like, "Oh, once mm-hmm. we have found something, it can't be unfound." You know, and, yeah. you know, just because, just because a lot of us are wise enough to resist the call doesn't, doesn't mean all of us are. And so the salties kind of have, they have this reckon, right? They have this reckon that this voice that called out to them and just kind of said, said bitter things, but also made them feel bitter was, was, you know, was, was bad news. Um, and the clue for this ends up being on the wrist of one particularly uh, kind of angry, one particularly salty salty named Ollie Ang, uh, who has glasses and a, and a wristwatch, which nobody else has. And he kind of is obviously very, very proud of it.
1: Yeah. And I don't know why. I have no basis for this. Uh, but when I picture his wristwatch, it was like a like a Casio smartwatch. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Oh like a calculator watch like a like Yeah.
1: Exactly. Don't know why uh it, there there was nothing in the book to indicate that that's what it was but that was just where my brain went with it.
0: <laughs> that i like I I like that because weirdly that wouldn't tarnish. You know, like yeah. it'd just be rubber yeah. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so at this point they bring Billy out. Uh, have him walking up, walk up and down the lineup, um, and Jamie also shows up with a package. Way way back, Roland had gone to the blacksmith and had something made. That something is the one thing that can actually deal with the Skin Man, the Sacred Metal, a silver bullet. Hopefully, Go- hopefully
1: anyway. E- right. <laughs> there, he, Roland's kind of banking an awful lot on what Vane said, and he doesn't really have any way to verify if it's true or not.
0: I, I, I am just immediately flipping through the Rolodex of the series in my head, trying to think of any time when Van A's advice turned out
1: to be wrong. Oh, I don't think it has. And I'm sure there's, <laughs> I, I'm sure that there are people out there who um, can, can make these, these connections or have read more Stephen King books more recently than I have mm-hmm. that can come up with an example where that is true. Uh, that also ties in with the dark tower universe, but like, when you're reading this book, it's like, oh, they make a very big point of saying that Van A said that this is what can work. So here's hoping he's right. Yeah.
0: Well, you know. And, and it it, it, uh-huh. it
1: introduces this really, like, and, and, like you know it's going to work. You know it's going to work. But it also introduces this element of uncertainty that's just like, it's not that tense, but it's very fun. <laughs>
0: Well, it's also so short. There's not a like – there's not an awful lot of like room for them to ramp up any kind of tension. Right, around, right, right, exactly. Like,
1: like you, you get to the end of the book and it's almost over so you know it's going to work. But like – Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it, the, it still throws this like – this this quiver of doubt into your mind that like the, – the, the part
0: of this that stuck out for me – and I know this is literally just me being a pedantic piece of shit. But like much earlier in Stephen King's career, he made a very good point about silver bullets in It. When the kids thought, "Okay, well, we're gonna try and shoot this we're gonna try and take out this werewolf. Let's melt our silver dollar and have a silver bullet made and the and and the kind of the smith you know the like the 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 die casting guy they go to says, "Oh, that'll never work because a silver bullet will spin in the air like it would never actually fire you know and and it hit what it is, but here we are in Roland's world, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, a magical silver bullet exists. I know that is I know that is like 100% beside the point but <laughs> I don't know. That's a very I forgot about that. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very dumb it's a very dumb point to raise, but uh, it did stick out to
2: me. I mean, mm. did did how many shots does he have? Is it only the one bullet? Yeah, it's he only hits, the one. Yeah, it's only the one. I mean, that's a that's a tough that's a lot to bank on one bullet. And if, if, I mean, if any character in fiction is going (laughs) to make that shot it's rolling but man we are putting we are putting a lot of hopes and prayers because i can i can overlook that thing because like maybe silver like you know maybe it's composed differently in Midworld than it is on earth like i i can i can swallow that little bit of a pill to get past that (laughs) but it's not actually a huge issue for me i just
0: sure i just wanted to show off that i read it recently i guess
2: <laughs> it's a big book a, you know what milk that as, okay. as much as you can yeah continue i'm sorry i interrupted you that's uh that's about the end of my points. like yeah. you know i'm just pointing out so he got one bullet he's got one shot one opportunity to make this happen yeah m&m style
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he. Um, I was just gonna make that joke. Well done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I believe I, I would need to go actually and pull the pull the text citation. What I think what I think he's doing is he is banking on just the fact that they're so, in such close quarters that mm. it is less it is less about accuracy and more about getting the shot off before before the monster can hurt anybody. Fair, yeah is 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 what I is what I think. I may just be filling that detail in on my own.
1: So yeah, I don't. <sighs> I don't. I don't there is no point in this series where I've ever felt like Roland has doubted his own accuracy. Right.
0: Uh, I th- I, I, if he does, he just doesn't take the shot.
1: Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so like, I, I had kind of the same thought where it's like, oh, it's it's only it's only one shot, but like, what if he misses? But we're talking about Roland; he's not going to.
0: Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the skin man attack, but because we have Billy walking up and down the line, um, and he has this recollection and it's not just a, you know, like a, like a straight up recollection for him. Roland remembers this too. And Roland kind of kicks himself for not putting two and two together. It could be because back when Roland had, I think had him hypnotized or was listening to him, you know, talk about the, you know, watching the skin man right away. He mentioned something about a white Mark. Um, and then he just kind of, kind of, blew that off because there was other stuff to worry about at the time, I suppose. But Billy kind of like notices he realizes, Oh, all of the rings aren't the same. One of the men and the, and the man who was at the, uh, who was at the, at the stable um, has a broken ring on his, on his ankle. a white scar um, up the side of it that, uh, that, that kind of marks him and differentiate, differentiates him. And, Mm While talking about this, and this kind of narrows it right down to Ollie Eng, Um well, we have Roland who in the telling of the story says, As for what happened next, I thought over it many times since and I don't think I could have prevented it. Um they had no idea how fast the transformation happened. Right? <laughs> so <laughs> last episode we talked about uh anamorphing as a verb. This mm-hmm. isn't the the pained and labored, you know, five minutes of turning into a tiger or whatever. No, no, this happens pretty much instantly. It's like a man who's a man what is made of water is 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 kind of the impression that I get as he like elongates and turns into a pookie. Uh-huh. At least partially, because it is not a complete transformation. He is stretching out and basically turning into what it like <laughs> turning whatever part of his body is near whatever he wants to kill into the most advantageous thing for it.
1: Yeah, and and just kind of based on the um, – based, based on the description of, of Merlin turning from a tiger back into Merlin that we got in the last episode, the way that I read this scene was that like this transformation probably wasn't supposed to happen this fast.
0: Oh, that it was like it be because he was immediately immediately in danger. He he put he pulled a hammy
1: doing this. It, basically, yeah, like <laughs> yeah, that that was kind of the way that I read it. Where it was like this this was like a like not a usual sort of thing. So like that kind of just reinforced Roland's point that like we couldn't have predicted this. Like even if they knew about shapeshifters and how all that worked, like you know. You you've got somebody who is desperate, backed into a corner. They're going to do what they've got to do, and I I, I kind of got the impression that this was like, um, unpleasant, even within the context of what we are talking about. <laughs> let me let me for let me, for, for Mr. Ang.
0: Let me describe the beats that Ang goes through. Um. Please, so he so so he can <laughs> so he can respond to it. Uh. So his entire head twisted. Uh. His eyes uh, turned from blue to jet black. Um. He basically turned into a man-high snake over the course of three seconds. Uh, a pookie like Tim, oh. you know, saw over the uh, over over his dad's dead body. Uh. Back which, in the back in the fairy tale, right?
1: Which not. Come on, Steve. <laughs>
0: really it's, it's symmetry it's gonna pop up you know and also yeah, but, a snake
1: no 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 not the not the it's the name oh yeah no, <laughs> it's the name really that's yeah all these all these crazy letters in the english language and all the ways you can shove them together and you can with pookie <laughs> he was in a real big garfield face at that point <laughs> high five
0: high five on the deep garfield pool oh my yeah. god <laughs> So so, what, what we got ourselves here is a snake man um who <laughs> l- l- lunges l- l- lunges his head straight into the mouth of the nearest uh the the the, the nearest deputy uh but it doesn't stop there because i think wegg uh has has drawn on him wegg is another deputy he burrows through the neck of the person whose mouth that he you know shoved his head into it,
1: that that wasn't a deputy that was the uh like the the foreman or something oh like, shit uh, yeah
0: okay thank you thank you for filling that in
1: yeah <laughs> Because the, the format once they once they realized who it was, this uh this older older man who was kind of like the I don't know if he was the formal or informal leader of it's the like, salt miners. Like the old
0: timer guy, yeah.
1: Yeah. Like he, he ran forward and was like, I should have known it was you and like was just furious. Yeah. And uh then he got snaked. <laughs> he got he got
0: up, <laughs> uh, oh, snake in your neck. Um yeah. Uh so Bert, battle what's that?
2: Oh, bad case of man snake.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it happen, happens every time. Oh, that's a shame.
2: Damn this um, thing.
0: <laughs> but yeah, bores through the back of the old timer's uh, throat like a drill. Okay, so I imagine there's a little bit of little bit of spinning. So, you know, headed... like
1: like your standard snake.
0: Yeah, yeah, a little bit of crocodile action, but it head's <laughs> twisting too. Again, again, body like water, mind like water, body like water. Um <laughs> so it goes through the back of the neck and then it turns to Wegg, who is drawn uh with his venom, um, bites wegg for all well, first the 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 venom drips onto his arm and burns it, bites him, and then immediately wegg um swells up and dies in an incredibly agonizing way. Uh so two people are down by the time Roland is able to make his shot uh with a silver bullet, hits hits the Pookie in the head, hits Ang in the head what sprays out is human brains because i guess whatever the 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 silver bullet touches turns back to its original form
1: <laughs> see i didn't read it that way i read it that like he 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 shot the snake and then as soon as the the shapeshifter was dead it turned back into a person
0: oh right mm. yeah i because... the, the reason i read it that way was because the he shoots it, he separates the brain from him and then the rest of him, the rest of him transforms and then settles back on being human. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of read that as happening like simultaneously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and oh, that's yeah. Which really is interesting
2: because I read it a completely different way. I read it that, you know, he always had his man brain in there. Ooh. He was always in control of what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing. Oh, yeah. And he went and gone and did it anyway. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I absolutely agree with that. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I think that's very true. I just,
1: I don't know if he necessarily had, I, I think that he had his mind in there. I don't know if he had a human brain yeah. in a snake head because. Mm-hmm physics or something
0: yeah i don't know um, it's, it's it's strange that we all that we all got three that we all got three reads that make sense yeah <laughs> i
1: i just i i guess that like the most stephen king read that i could think of was that roland shoots this snake and then all of a sudden this uh this poor old dude has half a man coming out the back of his neck <laughs> <laughs> like just 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 oh yeah like like mm. That is very upsetting and do, very Stephen King. How do
0: they uncouple? Oh, no. Uh, um, not
1: consciously.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, but so as Ollie dies, he kind of shuffles through various different forms, right? I love the idea that he doesn't just yeah. have like, you know, like, like a death rattle or death rose. He's, you know, just kind of like, okay, well, um, it's like a reflex, almost. The body trying to preserve, preserve itself will, uh, you know, shake this out.
1: So good. <laughs> yeah, I wish I knew better Latin because I was trying to think of a joke, uh, like a play on rigor mortis, but uh, mm. I don't know uh, any any Latin to speak mm. of. So
0: nothing immediately jumps to mind if you think of one. at us. Uh-huh. Yeah,
1: v- v- vigor mortis. Um, r- 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 rigor mortis. R- rigor mortis. R- ooh, rigor yeah. mortis is pretty. Mm pretty not latin i don't think but very
0: good greek <laughs> or morphos i don't know I, th- I think i think i think Mor morphos a, a dream morpheus like a like, like a dream yeah. kind of thing yeah oh well they're, 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 I'm, I'm positive somebody is ripping their hair out and beating on their steering wheel because we missed an obvious thing i apologize yeah, if,
1: if if you have studied latin and are upset by this segment of the podcast please tweet at brayton j cameron <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> brayton jc brayton jc at, at, j. brayton jc Please tweet all your complaints to at Brighton JC. He will address them personally, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah the the mystery's been solved. you know they're the he got a couple more victims at the end. Um how cool is that parlor scene though? Do we have any final thoughts about 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 that or the way they kind of deal with the remains?
2: Nothing specific comes to mind. It is it all gels together really well and is kind of a, you know, a a good penalty. You know, what 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 is the stone right before the capstone? Because that's what (laughs) we're looking at right here. And it's very good. The only thing that I am disappointed about is that I have been looking at the lyrics to Anna Ang for about five minutes and I cannot (laughs) come up with a single good joke. Oh, no. Uh. I mean make a make oh. a hole with the gun perpendicular is the first line of that song and I just I I'm, I'm sorry I couldn't get there. Oh. <laughs> sorry about that. Um yeah. So
0: the yeah. the way that they, they they dispose the body by burning it, you know they douse it in coal oil. Um I even love that they're so They've got so such a sense of the heebie-jeebies that none of them want the watch. They say, "Well, yeah, there's, there's no reason to let the watch go to waste. It's all bad. Like, like mm-hmm. even something, you know, ostensibly that simple is is, is yeah. too much.
1: Yeah. The oh, the, the the watch is fine. Does anybody want it? Mm. I mean, it might be cursed. You're right. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and the fire it goes. That yeah, is the I, only feasible thing to to do with a cursed object like that. Yeah.
0: Well, what's also funny is by this point the world is already moving on. A watch is useless. You
2: mm, know?
1: True. Um. Yeah. So they 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 get rid of the body, and I just I really, really want to. I I feel like I do this every time, but I want to highlight a specific. Uh, a specific bit of the show notes that you put together, Cole, because okay. I, I love it very much. Um, so, you know, they get rid of the body and the next day they they get small toot back on the rails uh, and they're getting ready to leave. But before they, before they can, um, the the whole town, Debaria, holds a huge going away celebration for them, which makes sense because they just rescued them from uh, this absolutely horrific, thing yeah it's also a part of custom Um, right and 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 it's 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 a a customary traditional thing as well obviously um and like you know clearly these guys just kind of want to get home but as you say in the show notes um they roland and jamie they they don't mind because they can get laid (laughs) The, 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 there are no two characters in fiction who would less like a party don't check my math on that um you know. <laughs> no <laughs> I, I, think, I think you're right and that's 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 why i love that uh that particular call out so much <laughs> well uh, because they, they even you have, you've you've got you've got roland and jamie who are two of like whatever the opposite of a party animal is like <laughs> these two like very very unbelievably stoic
2: characters Mm -hmm. 14 year old grandpas
1: yeah Yeah, yes exactly but
0: but in this Um, instance the 14 year old takes precedence and they go and get their dick wet mm
2: -hmm.
1: exactly and it's like it is handled much uh well not much more it's it's handled slightly more delicately uh in the book but like (laughs) that that one sentence that that covers an (laughs) awful lot and i really enjoyed it yeah well i mean also we have like two people who are you know
0: one's over the threshold and one one is not you know depending on how much importance you place on losing your virginity yeah mush mouth depending on how much importance you you place on losing your virginity they obviously place quite a bit roland has lost his uh but doesn't have enough savviness or worldliness uh to recognize what jamie's talking about or what his dad is talking about when they refer to the diddle stick
1: right the well, I, I I think the term they used was long stick.
0: Long stick. Okay, um, I I'm I'm positive that'll stick pops up somewhere, or maybe that's just me being crass. I don't know. Meanwhile, you know, J- J- Jamie understands the concept of female masturbation, but has never had sex himself. So, like, they're so yeah. similar in a lot of in a lot of ways, right?
1: Yeah, and I it's the the, the description of the Astro party is very brief but it's it's weirdly charming in a way.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: and you know. that's not a word that I would often associate with <laughs> Roland or even this time period
0: in Roland's life, right? So before we can get to the point where, you know, J- Jamie can lose it in the in, in the least exciting like American pie prequel ever. Um <laughs> Um, they have to stop by Serenity because they, they 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 have the small matter of the boy to attend to, right? And yes, everybody there is incredibly grateful for what they did because you know the, the Sister so, so Serenity of the convent got got hit pretty hard. You know, Everlyn greets them with a big hug, and Sister Fortuna basically kneels and basically begs in gratitude, which doesn't make sense, but that's kind of what what happens. They try and you know tell her like, no, you don't you don't have to do that, but like. You know they, what they've done has made a big difference. They got they got revenge for this thing that ruined her. You know, yeah, the, 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 mm-hmm. that,
1: yeah. yeah. And the 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 convent agrees to take Billy in uh, at least until puberty. At which point, uh, <laughs> I, I actually really enjoyed how they handled this, uh, which was like you know like we'll 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 take him in. We'll take care of him. We'll teach him uh, until he gets to the age where. Being surrounded by nothing but women is not going to be a conducive learning environment for a teenage yeah. boy. <laughs>
0: well, I think they they literally put like we'll keep him until he gets hair on his lip, and then, and, yeah. then, and then it will be good for him to go go, go on his way,
1: right? Yeah, and and yeah. I just like that that seemed like a very realistic sort of exchange. Yes.
0: Yeah, and you know the the, the sense that Roland has is that Billy's going to be all right,
1: you know. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, based on our introduction to Everlyn earlier, uh, I think that anybody living there would be all right. <laughs> yeah. Because she is huge and terrifying and mm-hmm. fantastic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> She's um, the best
2: anybody could hope for. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, she the, reminds me of uh, oh, I
1: can't, I can't think of the the character's name from Rose Matter. Oh, Gert. Yeah. Yeah. Gertrude, Gert. Yeah. Gert. She 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 kind of reminds me of like a like a Gert parallel. Oh yeah, man, Gert's great. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, and that's that's one of, one of my favorite things about doing this this show is is reading all these books uh, in sequence and in parallel and and just kind of being able to draw these parallels between characters, whether mm-hmm. or not they were initially intended. Uh, because Stephen King, I I, I think we talked uh, an episode or two ago about just. How how obviously Stephen King loves stories, and mm-hmm. and what a an, what a blatant just love letter to storytelling this entire book is. Yeah, well, the entire but, uh, the
0: entire back half of this of the series is. Well,
1: yeah, this but, the,
0: the, this one specifically. I know what you mean. I wasn't yeah, correcting yeah. you. I was I was adding I was adding additional details. Yeah, Sorry. no, no, you're 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 not wrong.
1: You're definitely not wrong. Um, but just the the way that this the the way that this book especially like knowing that it was written so long after the rest like re- reading through the dark tower reading through all kind of the the tie in or or not tie in novels but you know what i mean the the novels that that have
0: the tower related novels
1: yeah yeah uh and and just kind of seeing these parallels and it, you you don't ever know if it's like the like echoes of the same character or versions of the same character or if it's just these these archetypes that he is using and it doesn't really matter. Right. And I I don't think I would have ever even thought to look for those connections if it wasn't for approaching these books the way that this show has had me doing it. So that's that's been really fun.
0: Yeah. Um same. Yeah, I I I I don't have anything to add, but I will echo echo what you're saying.
1: Yeah. yeah. So uh you know just in a, in, a, in a a blatant bit of a supplication, I guess. Like, thank you to everybody who who donated to the Patreon and made this show happen. Yeah, thank you. It's a it's a it's a real cool thing.
0: It's very it's very strange that we're about halfway through. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't I don't have more more than halfway through. That's a, that that is a little that is a little weird to reckon with, actually. Hmm. Um, <laughs> um, but there's unfinished business here. So we, yeah. we we had the we kind of we had the action core of this of the of the you know of this layer of the narrative just here. Now we have the emotional core and something that <laughs> really makes me choke up actually. Um, yeah. <laughs> because you know, remember back then, you know, that back at the beginning, Everlyn told Roland, "Hey, if you survive, I have something for you. It's it's from your mom." Um, this is where um, Gabrielle Duchene has Roland's mom, um, who Roland killed. You know, we, we saw that. Uh, at the end of *Wizard and Glass*, and at the beginning of this book, um, this is where she did her exile, right? Uh, for having fallen in with Martin, the, uh, the 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 court sorcerer, and you know whatever Lynn has is you know some piece of information, and also a letter. So um, Gabrielle knew that Roland would come here. Saying that, hey, you know, Ka is a wheel and it always turns. This is an idea that is going to be extremely important. And I can't recall if the notion of Ka being a wheel is introduced before this in the series, uh, but it is certainly a hallmark of the final trilogy. Um, and the other piece of information is that Martin was here and Everlyn turned him away. Yeah, you know, like like in, even in her final days, Everlyn was protecting Gabrielle from him. Right,
1: mm-hmm. yeah,
0: and so we get to read most of the letter. The very final line is is saved for you know when we're out of the flashback. But there is some very poignant stuff in here. It starts out very poetically, you know, Gabrielle writing to Roland saying, "The feast I ate was rotten. What I thought was a palace was a dungeon. How it burns, Roland!" You know, referring to what she thought Martin was offering her versus the reality of kind of what was wrought. Right, yeah, um mm-hmm. also, uh Gabrielle knew that if she went back with the information she that she had about the plot against Gilead, she could save it for a few years, but Martin assured her, um you know, even told her that you know she would die, not only would she die, she would die by her son's hand uh if she did go, um the line and, being and, good
1: yeah and and i'll I'll let you read the line because it's very good, but like not not only that, but that it would destroy him, yes.
0: Um, would you die at your brat's hand and see every, every goodness, every kindness, every loving thought poured out of him like water from a dripper, which is what happens, right? Like, mm-hmm. and in a lot of ways that was, that was his plan. You know, that's, that was part of, you know, and, and to destroy him by hook or by crook, right? Not understanding yeah. probably that he would make him bitter that he would put him on a revenge path. You know, but he puts he basically puts his plan right to Gabrielle, and you know leaves it up to her, you know, and basically puts it on her kind of unfairly, like you know, will will you do this violence to the one you you know to to the one person who cares for you most, um, in order to save this kingdom that has never really cared for you, right? Um, and she chooses Gilead. She you know, she, she she chooses she chooses
1: him. Well, she she chooses Ka. Yes, which <laughs> uh-huh. I I feel like that is very telling uh, in in terms of Roland's character development. Also,
0: yes, because she meditated on this; it was a very difficult decision. But every time she thought about it, a voice would say to her, "This is what Ka demands. You know, it kind of really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you in particular want. Like the, this is the way that it has to go." You no, know, it's just it's uh, it's heartbreaking, mm-hmm. right? Because, yeah, well. because what we learn about the about the final line, you know, like, she she is fully aware of what she is about to do, of what she is walking into. This is, this is an incredibly, I was about to say, densely tied knot of morality and guilt. Uh, th- that doesn't make any sense. I don't think a knot can be densely tied. Um, <laughs> but you understand yeah. what I mean, right? It's a monkey's fist. Yeah. It's, <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so before, we, that, move, okay, before we move line, on,
2: there's that final line. Actually, um, there is one other thing about this. Like, and um I'm not sure how this would have come up in the audiobook, but at least in the copy of the book that I have, um, this entire letter is laid out very intentionally. Um, like but like to the straight up typography and how it is all centered and justified. It it doesn't look like a letter, it looks like a poem. Yes. Um Which is definitely it it affects how you read it, because um, going back to that line that you read a little bit ago, um, you've got uh, he says, would you die? uh, Sorry. He says, would you die at your brat's hand and see break every goodness, break every kindness, break every loving thought, break poured out of him like water from a dripper? Like and it, it the entire letter letter is written like that, and really gives you that the intentionality of yeah. what King was- co- trying to convey through Gabrielle, yes, um, which is very cool each each of those
0: clauses, each of those entries in the list presented with the full force of a new idea mm-hmm. per, 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 presented on 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 its own something that i didn't that I didn't talk about is kind of the the actual physical state of the letter, right, looking at the handwriting, only Roland and. And, and and Stephen, you know, Stephen Deshane would would have any real reckon of how to read this because she is obviously at the end of her rope. She's at her wit's end as she's writing this. Her handwriting is completely wrecked all over the place because she is writing just in the throes of this of of this awful kind of unfathomable despair, right?
1: Yeah. It's
0: very sad. Um uh-huh. You know, that is a simple way to put it, but yeah, it kind of, <laughs> I mean, especially the last line gets, uh, lands like a gut punch, but a good one. You know, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a loving gut punch. Um, but there, there is that final line that Roland doesn't, doesn't share, doesn't share just yet. Although he does reveal, you know, to his, to his traveling companions, you know, now in the in, in the present day, than in the years that he wandered, you know, um, I was about to say pur- <laughs> purposeless, but with a deadly purpose after the fall of Jericho Hill. He would trace that final line, as yet unrevealed, over and over again, until the letter just basically fell apart. Um, and with that horrible poetic imagery, it's time to go get laid.
1: <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> bow, bow. I mean, I mean, that's that's pretty relatable. I think that's been yeah. my experience for sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Roland says that he had to take take some time to compose himself, right?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> he didn't he, he didn't turn right around and then just like all right, time time to party. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There was a couple Composed hours and a dinner himself. there. Yeah. Uh oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I am sorry. I hated that as soon as it was out of my face. I wish you hadn't. <laughs> that's that's
0: fine. I'll I'll all about I've I've said grosser and worse. And 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 wi- and will in the future. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they have their party and you know they go and we well we don't know the rest of the story just yet. Uh we're going to find out kind of the next part of this young Roland season, but that is the very end of this of this particular flashback as we enter the as we enter the very short coda here storms over this you know small chapter of basically the you know the current quartet um rolling this over the story over in their minds, right? You know much like the much like the t- the telling of you know the the, the adventures in Hambry, uh did this has kind of ca- caused time to move very strangely. The story ends right about the same time the Stark blast does, you know. And they say like we're going to wait until the next morning to make sure everything's safe. But you know we we have survived. We've gotten through the worst of it. The most. Um, very sadly, Jake reflects on you know Roland's mother reading him that story the wind through the keyhole when his own mom never did the same. Yeah. Just reminding you of the sad, <laughs> the sad tale of this privileged white boy's life. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 the emotional alienation from his parents. That's, you know, that's, that's real. I I don't know why I decided yeah. to do that. <laughs> um, But yeah, uh, the, the, the this is the part that really gets to me though. This is the, this is the real emotional payoff. The next day, you know, Susanna and Eddie are talking about the story with Roland and, you know, they, they try and get the final, the final Line out of him, uh, you know. Susanna takes his, you know, takes his diminished right hand and hers, and says, "Like, hey, what was that final line?" And the, and the final line, I said, I am going to try and try and get, get through this, the final line that Gabrielle wrote wrote to her son, you know, in the high speech. Everything else was in the low speech. The final line was, "I forgive you everything. Can you forgive me?" And you know, he doesn't answer right away. What that, you know, what the answer was, you know, because basically. Our understanding of this whole, of this whole event was like this was this was the thing that broke him, you know, even more than losing you know Susan. By the time Susan was gone, he had already given her up because he had gotten a taste of the tower. You know, he was ready to leave her behind, leave her behind, and go on his quest. But it was really the you know the original sin was you know was killing his was killing his mom. We have the right. sense that he has been working very hard, you know, to overcome this or this has defined him in some way. And Roland, you know, kind of dramatically, kind of sappily, you know, is looking out a window, but, you know, he he finally is able to say yes. You know, he smiles and, and says, yes, he he can forgive his mom. He never knew if she, you know, if, if she knew what was going to happen, if she even processed that he was the one who killed her. Knowing that she knew and even, you know, asked forgiveness and extended forgiveness um, as one of her last actions— that was that was enough for him and you know this this kind of like re-racks Roland to a certain extent right like it's not just the catharsis yeah. of him revealing that revealing his worst sin to his traveling companions it's this it's this other beat that brings a little bit more shade and texture to it um sorry i, I kind of monopolize that uh the afterword here is also very lovely uh you know it's very short the two most beautiful words in any language are i forgive you
1: I well, I, I do really like the afterword and it's you know I, I got there and I was like, oh like you know the, the the two most beautiful words in any language I forgive and that's great. But Stephen King specifically said that that is what Gabrielle Duchesne's – um the the last lines of her letter looked like in the high speech. And all that I could really think of is, okay, so what in the fuck is the high speech then? <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I, th- I think it was some cool glyphs that
1: Stephen King wanted to have on the page. I, I, like, I, I, yeah, th- there, there are all these references to it. And, and like, I understand conceptually what it is, but it just seems like there's, you know, like low speech and high speech. It's whenever it's referenced it's like oh it's just english but it's different sentences in english
2: it's fancy english yeah but
1: the two most beautiful words in any language i forgive that is a different sentence than i forgive you everything can you forgive me yeah like the meaning is wildly different there yeah mhm so yeah. you know if you're a if you're a angry linguistics nerd like me um you know tweet to uh at brayton jc i guess
0: <laughs> yeah I, I i was i was just along for the emotional ride at this point like i, I think i think no, that I, even I though they're, they're they're wild wildly different sentiments they both ring incredibly true
1: one i, I want to roll
0: character and one just in general as like a resonant theme yeah,
1: yeah. and and i i really did like it and and i like, I don't mean to bring this up as a gripe about mm-hmm. the book, but it – I i feel like just the – that introduced a question that didn't need to be introduced. Yeah. And maybe it's just because I'm a goddamn nerdo. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: it, 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 it could have it just been, you know, here, here – here here's the way that would have looked in the high speech for you, for you nerds who want to know what the high speech letters look like. And also just an aphorism at the end. Like don't say that one says the other.
1: Yeah, exactly. But that is a very, very minor complaint at the end of a very, very enjoyable book.
0: Yeah. And a very sweet section. Um, Chase, you know, the kind of this, this, this whole last leg here with, you know, the, the, the letter and, you know, the modern day, kind of better understanding of Roland's character by, you know, by his cotet. Like what are your,
2: what are your thoughts on, on, on that in particular? Having not read the rest of the books, I am curious at how the death of Roland's mother would have played into his character without this bit of context. Yeah. Uh, Cause I was, I was talking with a friend about, um, about the book last night and he had no idea this book existed and he oh. has read all of the other ones. Um, just, you know, flip by him, uh, cause it was, it was written a fair bit after, um, after the last book. Is that right? Yes. Remembering that correctly? Yeah. So it's like, you know, he read them at, you know, like a lot of folks as they were coming out and then just his attention got turned and never knew that this existed. Mm-hmm. Um, so this extra bit of context i mean it's like you said it adds it adds a really nice bit of texture to roland's character i am curious at how roland would feel without that context yeah
0: um i'm kind of excited to look to look forward and see you know like and mm-hmm. kind of keep this in mind in reading in in and reading about um his character and the way he reacts to stuff you know not to not to give too much away but things Kind of veer away from being Roland's personal story just a sure. little bit he becomes less of a less of a central figure um in this in the in this in this back half honestly, just as there is far more plot movement that 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 goes on you know, like on the macro level as opposed to kind of character development stuff you know you sure. had, yeah. you had, you, had, you, had, you had the first book and even the second book, which were very much about this kind of drive this drive for revenge that Roland had you had the wastelands which was about you know, everything about the tower and about kind of growing together as a, as a group You had wisdom glass, which was about kind of the beginning of his obsession And here is kind of a continuation of that. It's an abrupt kind of, kind of break once you, once you get to book five to a certain extent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, final thoughts on the, on the book. I feel like I've said everything that I, that I want to say. I still remain very just incredibly positive, about this very strange, this very strange book that ends up being kind of light and fun and having a ton of just fun imagery and, you know, fun little narrative concepts to it. I don't have much more to add on top of that. Evan, um, kind of your final, your final reckoning or final estimation of the book?
1: Yeah, what whatever gripes that I might have brought up uh, over the past couple episodes are very, very minor. Um I, I had not read this book before I, I meant to when it came out. And then by the time that I got around to it, uh, the podcast was kind of underway. So I held off mm-hmm. and I'm very, very glad that I did. It was really cool to, to be able to read this with, with fresh eyes and, and talk about it Um, after not having read it or talked about it or even thought about it that much. Mm-hmm. Um, But this is, it's great this is this is just a great little book, and if you are a fan of the series, it's a really wonderful edition and if you're not and you just want to read something fucking weird, it's really good for that too yeah um, th- this is this is just another example of Stephen King being exceedingly good at what he does, and um i'm I'm always happy when i am always happy with, to to see him at the top of his game,
0: yeah this ranks you know really high up when you see people do like retrospectives like uh-huh. this yeah. this this is very often considered to be like one of his one of his best books of this of this current decade you know
1: yeah no no question from me
0: yeah in a, yeah i mean in a decade where he's done some pretty good stuff you know yeah eleven eleven twenty two sixty three et cetera
1: you know uh-huh. yeah under under the dome like this he he has not not been Uh, complacent
0: no no um chase same question
2: um At the beginning of this recording, at least I'm pretty sure it was while we were recording. uh, (laughs) I said that this book could have uh, could lose about 20 percent from the Tim chapters and we would have been good. And I stand by that. But I say that with the caveat of there is something delightful on every page. (laughs) I enjoyed every moment of this book. It was still even though we could have lost a little bit and I feel like it would have been a, a stronger composition. I still had a fantastic time reading this. Um, and it provided that extra bit of context, not only for Roland, but for Midworld as well, showing us, ah, oh, this is a cool new demon type that uh, we can <laughs> encounter. And I am about cool new demon types. Yeah. And uh, it also gave us a little bit of the... For lack of a better term, lore of Midworld, we got to find out a fairy tale about of the gunslingers, Mm -hmm. um, which you don't see a lot of in much media at all, let alone (laughs) a, uh, you know, a big kind of darker uh, fantasy series. So getting that little bit of backstory, that glimpse in how they tell their morality tales is pretty neat. Mm -hmm.
0: Awesome. Well, this has been a lot of fun and I'm looking forward to, uh, diving even further into, into the series with y'all. Uh, Mm -hmm. Chase, where can people find you on the internet?
2: You can find me on Twitter at TQ loudly. Uh, you can also find me on my podcasts, uh, on, Another Path, it is an actual play d podcast with a focus on uh, good jokes and theatrics. Everybody involved in that is uh, somehow or another uh, involved in theater, uh, at least on a professional, if not, or on a, excuse me, to take that again. <laughs> I lost the ability to speak there. Uh, all of us uh, who are involved in that show uh, on a regular basis are if uh, at the very least involved in theater on a hobbyist level, if not a professional level mm-hmm. um and uh I, you can also find me on my uh other podcast shakespeare it is a roundtable discussion with uh, some of the folks i sit on a uh a theater board here in bowling green ohio and every so often we sit around my kitchen table and talk about the works of shakespeare Oh, cool. and get progressively a little bit drunker as the <laughs> show goes on <laughs> There are arcs to every other episode. So, you know, you can, you, you can listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you 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 can, you can track the inebriation. Yeah. There, there there's a story of beers.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I would play that game. Beer story. Yeah.
1: Mm. yeah. Um, Evan, where can people find you? Uh, I am on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Underscore Harder, all spelled out. Uh, that's also my handle on the Duckfeed Slack. If you're around there. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if you feel like checking out, uh, at very good serial reviews on Instagram, uh, there's, there's a little bit of activity happening there. We'll Mm -hmm. see if it turns into anything.
0: Yeah. Well, also if you haven't, like, if you haven't seen it, it's still there for
2: you.
1: Oh yeah. There's, there's still, uh there's, there's still some real weird shit going on. Uh, it is
2: a and it is a pro checkout by the way. I, (laughs) that is a good Instagram, my friend.
1: (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, it's, it's one of those things where, where there, I've definitely got a whole bunch of real weird ideas and it's just kind of a question of finding, um, you know, the, the mental bandwidth to figure out how to make it work. Yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, the the most recent couple of posts, uh, uh, some real life stuff that I I came across in <laughs> in the world that gave me some real weird ideas, and I'm uh, I'm kind of excited. <laughs> Inspiration. Yeah, yeah. C- cereal is everywhere. <laughs> come uh, come learn with me. <laughs> you say cereal is everywhere, but I I think that's
0: especially true if you have a kid. <laughs> yeah, you like know, cheerios pop up and play some yeah. cheerios on, he's, on
1: he's he's pretty easy to please
0: oh yeah <laughs> um and you can find me on the other shows here on the duckfeed.tv network um additionally you can watch my streams at twitch.tv slash duckfeed tv i stream horror games on the weekends um and those are archived on youtube youtube.com slash Duckfeed. TV. If you want to support the network, you can go, you can go to Patreon.com slash DuckFeedTV. Um, all of that's explained there. I don't have to um, blow a lot of hot air about what that is. Just go check it out. See if you can fit it into your life. If you can't, that's cool. We're happy to have you here. Uh, maybe leave us a review on uh, iTunes instead. Um, yeah.
1: So I, I, I also uh, just real quick want to give a, a very, very brief shout out to uh, the DuckFeed Teespring store. Uh, mm. I got... I got a hex crank v neck uh, a couple months ago. Oh, the the TTT public, rather. Oh, is it T public? I'm sorry. I'm slash shirts. Let me me take that again. No, it's fine. I just corrected you. I don't.
0: Fuck T Spring. (laughs) 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 We used them in the past. It's fine. No, I I corrected you. That's what I was thinking of. But, But you got a hex crank v neck.
1: Yeah, I got a a black hex crank V neck with the white hex crank logo on it, ooh. and it is extraordinarily comfortable, and I like it very much. They, and uh, you should check it out. They they sell very comfortable stuff. I wouldn't have
0: uh, I wouldn't have used them if I didn't like their uh, if I didn't like their stuff. So
1: yeah, no, it's yeah. it's real good, and it it fits in a way that will it'll it'll hit all your curves in just the right ways. If ooh. you're uh, <laughs> if you're like me and have abundant curves, <laughs>
0: <laughs> very nice. Um, yeah, so next time we're going to be talking about, um... We're we're going to pick up where we left off with the uh, with the Dark Tower comics, uh, starting with the one off, uh, like kind of like one issue arc, the Sorcerer, and then the Fall of Gilead, and then the Battle of Jericho Hill. There's one that we're not including in that. I'm just going to kind of summarize what happens because it's not very eventful. Um, yeah. But yeah, I want to at least hit the Fall of Gilead because that is such a, uh, or the Battle of Jericho Hill because that is such a, uh, that a that that is such a an important part of the lore. Um and then after that it's the Little Sister of El- yeah, the Little Sisters of Alluria, then Salem's Lot, then the Regulators, and then on to um oh gosh, what is that? The Wolves of the Cala. There well, we uh, go.
1: Yeah. Uh Little Little Sisters of Alluria, I am uh, very much looking forward to seeing how many Bioshock references come up. <laughs> <laughs> that was very
0: hard to keep out of my mind when I was uh, when I was reading that. <laughs> um Yeah. So I think that is everything. Thank you, everybody, for uh, for listening to this. Uh, we hope to see you next time. Uh, and also, thank you, Chase. Thank you, Evan, for, for hopping yeah. on here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you, Cole. Yeah. Until next time, long days and pleasant nights.